Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to The Art of Film Funding. I'm your co-host, Claire Papan, along with Carol Dean, author of the best-selling book, The Art of Film Funding. Carol is also the founder and president of From the Heart Productions and the host of this show. Alex DeBrinco has been with Tug since its inception in 2011. As Tug's second employee, Alex helped develop the Tug theatrical model and has been working with promoters, filmmakers, and partnering organizations to create theatrical events in theaters across the country. In mid-2012, Alex began to work with Tug's top filmmakers on developing Tug's non-theatrical and educational service in response to promoter inquiries from universities, churches, and community centers interested in bringing the films to their non-theatrical venues. Since then, Alex has helped develop the strategy and execution for the non-theatrical campaigns of films like Most Likely to Succeed, Paper Tigers, and Resilience, Honor, Honor Flight, Blood Brother, and more. And Carol, I know you are a big fan of Tug Cinema On Demand. Yes, Claire, From the Heart's been promoting Tug and Cinema On Demand for years. Thank you very much, Alex, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really excited to, to, to be here and chat with you. Well, our goal today is to learn how TUG's non-theatrical and educational services work. So why don't you start with an overview of what TUG.com is and how it works in general? Sure, sure. Yeah, so, so TUG is a, a platform that allows filmmakers uh, to connect directly with their audiences through screenings at the local theater. Um, and, and that's really where we started. And, you know, that's what we now call our cinema on demand model. And essentially what that means is that, you know, let's say you made a documentary film and you're, you know, you have an audience of people all across the country that want to watch that film together in a movie theater. So using Tug, each of these, you know, communities can go onto the platform and basically create an event of, you know, an event screening of your film that uh, would take, and then they would be able to select from one of our theaters in our network. And we have about 95% of, of theaters now in our, our theater network. And then they would be given a threshold of tickets that need to be sold in order for the event to happen. So it's much like any other kind of crowdfunding or, you know, kind of um, crowd-based model where the event will only happen if a certain amount of tickets are sold ahead of the screening. So, you know, that number varies between 60 and 100 tickets. And then that local on-the-ground promoter is, you know, charged with the task of, you know, uh, galvanizing the community and getting folks excited about purchasing tickets for the film. If those tickets are bought, you know, if that threshold is met, then the event will happen. And if they aren't, then nobody is charged and the event simply is, you know, canceled. And so it's a really great way for a, a filmmaker 
to, you know, let their community know about this, the, the ability to host screenings and then, you know, have as large or small of a theatrical footprint as the audience, you know, says they are interested in. Um, and it's really nice for, you know, anything that's not getting a kind of major theatrical release because, you know, there are so many communities all across the country of, of people that are excited about watching these um, documentaries and narratives and, and all sorts of films, but they're just not coming to those local theaters. And so Tug is a way to kind of democratize the theatrical model and really put the, the control back in the, the, the hands of the audience as opposed to the, you know, the theaters and, and, and other folks who, who aren't always as connected to what, you know, folks on the ground really want. Well, I know of a lot of filmmakers who have made good films, got them distributed, maybe even through Sony or some very prominent distributor, Mm -hmm. and yet still didn't make any money because the theaters that the film showed in in, did not have the audience – for their for that film, in other words, like a, a film that would be perfect for the UCLA SC crowd or UCLA crowd, let's say in LA, would be in um, over in the valley. So it would be in exactly. such a distance that people wouldn't go see it. So what you need to do is identify where your market is and then target a film in that uh, theater in that area, right? Exactly. Yeah. There's just, you know, you, you, you hit the nail on the head. There's a, there's a disconnect between, you know, what is, what the theaters are choosing to do and and what the audiences are are wanting. And, and Tug makes it really simple for, you know, if that, that, you know, audience at UCLA wanted to host a screening near them, they would be able to just hop onto the Tug platform and select the theater that best works for them. Um, And so, you know, it, it just kind of, it, it fills the gap between the supply and demand of, of, you know, the, the theatrical landscape. And, you know, ultimately what, what it does and what I think we're all so excited about is, you know, it, it helps put people in movie theaters, you know, and I think that kind of as things go more and more digital and, you know, more and more films released day and date and, and kind of are collapsing that theatrical window, you know, a lot of folks are asking, well, how do we, you know, how do we keep people in the theaters? And, and Tug is really one of the main ways to do that. Um, and, and one of the main, you know, ways to really create an event around the screening. And that's something that our platform is really good at is, you know, asking folks, well, do you want to have an introduction before your event? Do you want to have a Q&A after the event? You know, what special features do you want to build around the screening to really make it an evening, you know, and really convince audience, audiences, you know, to, to, to leave their, their couch for the night and, and want to go to uh, a screening, right? Because it can't necessarily just be the movie because they could watch that later on their own. So what is it about the event itself that's going to make people come out? Um, and, and what's really exciting is seeing all of the different ways that, um, that our hosts, uh, are, are creating these eventized screenings that really do bring people out and, and create lively discussions and, you know, everything else that really can bring about actual change around the topics of these films, especially our documentaries. So that's really exciting, too. Well, yes, uh, we've helped fund a film, uh, The Winding Stream, about uh, the Carter Cash family and the music coming out of the mountains and how it got down here mm-hmm. to us. 
And mm-hmm. she, when she did her screenings, she got local bands to come play. That's amazing. Exactly. Yeah. And she packed so the houses. Great. So have you seen yeah. people do things like that? Yeah, yeah, we've seen people do, I mean, it's they're everything, you know, that we've had a lot of great Q&As. I think for um, uh, a screening of Honor Flight, we had uh, uh, folks bring a actual uh, army truck in front of the theater as part <laughs> of the as part of the event. Um, we've had a live so there, there's a there was a film about video about video game competitions. So they set up, um, they basically connected a video game system to the big screen, and then they had a live competition right there in the theater, and everybody watched as these kind of pros of this one game played against one another. So, you know, the, there's a lot of Skype um, where like the director will Skype in and and talk with an audience. You know, there's really anything and everything that that um, you know our hosts can think of we really always try to accommodate and our theaters are really you know willing to do that whenever possible because they understand too the value of these events and and why the events are a big part of you know bringing people into the into the theaters great well now i want to go back and you said that they need an on-the-ground promoter in the city so let's say that um, that I had a film and I had uh, a relative that lived in San Diego and they promised or they would take on the job of being the grand promoter for me, then uh, that person would be the one responsible to help get the people in the audience in there. Is that the way it works? What do you ask these yeah. ground people to do? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, so they would be, you know, it would really be their event. And they would be the ones to plan it in terms of, well, you know, what what kinds of, um, you know, introductions and and special features do I want? And then it would be their job to really promote it. Um, And and we have a whole host of tools and, you know, email templates and and ideas for how to promote it. But, you know, they are going to be much better at being that on the ground voice than than anyone at Tug could ever be. Um, and, you know, much more likely than, you know, it being a relative or something like that is, is it'll be somebody that's much more connected to the, the themes of the film and, and is asking, when can I host a screening of this? Um, and this, this, you know, segues into kind of the non-theatrical side as well, because these hosts are uh, not necessarily always wanting to host a screening at a theater, which we can cover in a minute, but um, you know, let's say, let's take a film like uh, Paper Tigers and Resilience. Those are two films in our library about kind of um, aces, which are uh, adverse childhood experiences. And those films are incredible. They're directed by Jamie Redford. They both premiered at Sundance. Um, and they're really kind of important films about really reshaping how we think about kind of childhood trauma and um, how to use this framework in the educational system to better equip our, our, our educators and our children, you know, for success in life. Um, and so th- there are so many different kinds of hosts, you know, promoters of all different walks of life that are excited about hosting screenings of this film. You know, it can be educators, it can be nonprofits, it can be juvenile, uh, you know, detention facilities. It can be churches. You know, all of these different groups are coming to us and saying, I would like to host a screening of this. 
and and then Tug becomes a platform by which they can do that. Um, you know, so there's usually in that promoter there's already a built-in you know, really strong need to, to do something around the topic of this film. And so Tug really just provides an answer, and, and the film and Tug together provide an answer to a question that, uh, you know, the promoter is already having, which is how can I get people together around this topic that I think is so important and I think people need to be, you know, talking about and, and getting together around Right. I, one of my filmmakers uh, that is physically sponsored with me is, uh, was working, is working on a tug uh, screenings around, across the country. Oh, and one of your um, people got on the phone with us. It's been over an hour. We went through all kinds of detail. You, you gave us a whole platform of Excel file of how much money you charge and how much we could expect back. And everything was outlined financially. For us. It was so nice to see the support that Tug gives to oh, that's filmmakers. Great. That's great. That's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we really do pride ourselves in, um, you know, the strong relationships with filmmakers. And, you know, this is kind of a brave new world. The, the cinema on demand side, the non-theatrical educational side, all of it is new for filmmakers, whether they're first time filmmakers or not. Um, and, and, you know, a big part of what we do uh, is educate, you know, and, and really help filmmakers make informed decisions and try to uh, sort of demystify this, the, the strange sort of brave new world of, of distribution, right? Everything is changing <laughs> right. so quickly, I feel like. And, you know, it's really hard to keep up and it's hard to know what the right thing to do is for, for any given film because more and more, I think each film requires a completely different strategy. You know, it, 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 unlike, I think, how it was 20, 30 years ago, uh, where, you know, there was just kind of one big model of how to release things. Now there's all sorts of different platforms and, and release strategies and windowing strategies. And, you know, it's a lot. It's a lot for us. So I'm, I'm sure it's a lot for, you know, a first-time filmmaker. So that, that's really a big goal of ours is how do we demystify it and how do we help filmmakers whether that means they use Tug or not, you know, that's, that's less important than really being a resource um, and, and helping them, uh, you know, make the most of their release and, and achieve the goals of their release. Absolutely. Well, in a prior interview I had with Nick Gonda from Tug, he said that mm -hmm. he was interviewing filmmakers to find out what they wanted in an educational yeah. platform. I think mm -hmm. that is brilliant. That's the way to go because the current or what used to be our system of distribution where you would give it to a film library and then that was it, kiss it goodbye. If they, if they would put it in a catalog, send the catalog out. If it sold, great. If it didn't, that's it. So I, I understand that your new system is much better for filmmakers. So were you involved in the creation of the new division? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, so uh, to to give you a little bit of uh, history uh, there, um, so essentially what was happening at Tug was, you know, we were just doing the cinema on demand model, um, and it was going really well, and and you know we were having a lot of success with it. Um, but what was also happening was we were, uh, you know, there were a lot of. Um, folks coming to Tug, a lot of hosts, a lot of promoters 
who were saying, listen, I'm, I'm very interested uh, in, in uh, you know, hosting a screening of this film, but I am, uh, I'm not looking to do it at a local theater. I would like to do it at my local venue. Um, I have a venue, you know, that could have been a church, a school, a community center, really anywhere that you have seats and a screen of some sort. And they were saying, well, we, our community is used to coming here for events. You know, we don't want to have them go to a theater across town. You know, that doesn't really align with our mission as an organization. We would much rather have them come here. And at first we were turning those people away. You know, we were saying, well, sorry, our model is, you know, theatrical and, Good luck. And then pretty quickly we realized, well, why, why are we doing that, right? Our, our, our you know, mission is to connect audiences with the films that they want to see. But it wasn't necessarily you know, specific, specific to, to movie theaters, right? It, it, was, it, it can be anywhere. And, and so we then thought, well, why don't we just start licensing our, our films you know, into these, what, what we found out were called non-theatrical venues, um, and so we started to do that just as an experiment, you know, and that was, I, that was me kind of, um, you know, suggesting that we try that at Tug and, you know, the Nick and Pablo and, and everyone trusting in me and, and being great kind of leaders said, sure, let's give it a shot. I mean, what, you know, what's the worst that can happen? And very quickly we realized that this could be a really, really big part of our business um, because there were just so many different kinds of organizations you know, interested in screening these films outside of the theater. And so over the next, you know, four or so years, since 2012, I guess five years now, um, we, we slowly but surely really developed, um, and, and, you know, kind of a full educational and non-theatrical model um, by really, as you said, listening, you know, listening to our customers, listening to our filmmakers, and, you know, basically creating a licensing model where now an educational institution or a nonprofit or really any organization can buy a license from us um, to, to bring a film to their, you know, the, the venue of their choosing. And we really have two different kinds of licenses that you can buy. One is for a single night event, right? So if you just want to host a single screening, which is similar to the cinema on demand model, just at a different venue, and you just pay a flat fee for that. Um, or the, uh, an educational purchase, which means that you would be buying um, the, the right to keep the film in your educational library. And that's much more what we see from our schools, our universities, and our public libraries, where they want to buy it and keep it for future use. And, and, and along with that purchase comes what is called PPR, or public performance rights. And public performance rights basically means that they're able to host a screening of it um, down the road. And that's why, you know, these, these screen, these licenses, you know, go for anywhere from $95 for a, a K through 12 school, all the way up to, you know, $400 for a university and, and much, much higher for bigger events. You know, we've had, um, licenses sell for over $10,000 to mega churches where, you know, they've got over 10,000 members. Um, and so wow. quickly you, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> Filmmakers it's, it's will really, love to hear this. This is marvelous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a unique case, but it can happen. And I, I think what it what it te- what it told us was there's a lot here, you know. And and really, more importantly, that filmmakers do not realize how important of a of a you know kind of a right window this is. 
you know, so many filmmakers are zooming past this, wanting to release it on digital and, you know, looking for that sort of quick, but windowing your film correctly and creating this part of a release is, is very often in what we see the biggest source of revenue for a film's release. Um, and, and so, you know, that really kind of blew our mind. Um, and this is what it ended great. up. Well, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go oh. ahead. Yeah, I want you to uh, to segue into windowing strategy and explain that to us too. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, windowing strategy is is about um, thinking through the windows for your film. Uh, so that that means, you know, when are you going to release theatrically? When are you going to release, in our case, uh, educationally and non-theatrically? And then when are you going to release digitally? you know, on VOD and perhaps Netflix and, and you know, all these other kind of um, immediate access players. So what we recommend is really having as long of a, uh, of well, two windows that, that people really don't think about. The first is what we call a single screening rental window. And that can align with your theatrical release um, or it can follow that release. And that's a window where Tug is, or your educational distributor or you on your own are selling rentals of your film. So that means nobody can purchase it to keep yet, but people can host one night events of it at their chosen non-theatrical venue. And the great reason for that, and this is something that, you know, we've developed with um, Peter Broderick, who I'm not sure if you know, but he's, a, oh, I know he's an incredible. Peter very well. yes. Yeah. So Peter is great. And, a big friend of Tug and, and really has been instrumental in, in helping kind of define a lot of these things with us. And he's been really great at, at you know, giving the filmmaker perspective. And, um, yeah, we, we owe a lot to him. Um, and, you know, th- this rental window, it, it allows you to build up momentum, right? It, it gets people excited. It gets people hosting events of the film and, and communicating about that to their networks who will, hopefully then also host events. And, you know, it's a snowball effect that builds on itself. And then after a few months of that, you then open it up to educational purchases, you know, and where you have a lot of folks who say, oh, well, I hosted a screening and now I want to keep this film for my school. Um, and, or you have other folks who are saying, well, I was waiting for this window, but I've been very excited about, you know, buying, uh, buying a, a purchase of this film to keep for my school. You know, whatever that might be, that first window, that rental window, is really helpful in building momentum for the educational purchase window. And then, you know, we would recommend having that last as long as, uh, you know, six months to to nine months minimum um, of selling educational purchases before you go on VOD. Because the the big obvious thing um, is that, you know, once the film goes on digital – your educational sales will plummet, right? Because, um, uh, you, you know, uh, teachers and professors and other folks can access the film digitally, and most likely they will. You know, they, technically they, they can't if they're going to be hosting screenings of the film, and almost all of our educational folks, um, you know, abide by that rule because they, they legally have to. But if they're going to be using it just for classroom use, they are able to access it through, uh, you know, just a digital platform like Netflix or Amazon or Hulu or, or anywhere else or iTunes where it might be available. 
So by limiting where it's available, you're then, you know, kind of forcing the hand of these educational folks who are, you know, very willing to, to purchase these licenses, um, you know, for $300, $400 because they have the money to do so, right? They have the budgets to do so. The, you know, universities and schools, they, they do set aside, you know, large substantial budgets to, um, you know, to make these kinds of purchases. So it's really about guiding them towards those as opposed to if the film was just available, well, then, you know, they're going to simply watch it online. And obviously Absolutely. everything I'm saying is just kind of a guideline, right? We, we work with each filmmaker to, to craft the right windowing strategy for them. Um, but, but, you know, I think the bigger, broader point is just to be thinking about that and, and thinking about the audience that you have for your film and, and thinking about, well, how do we make the most of, of that audience and, and what is our audience wanting? You know, that, that's another big thing of really listening, right? So listening to what it is that your audience is telling you that they want, you know, that you could, you can hear from one audience, look, we, we, all we want to do is host screenings. Well, that tells you you should probably have a pretty long screening window and others can say, look, we just need to use it in the classroom. We're probably not going to host an event. We want to do some trainings with it, you know, and so then you want to adjust your, your strategy accordingly, but it is really about listening and also asking, you know, asking the right questions as, as you, as you said with Nick, you know, of, of asking our filmmakers, but also asking your audience, what is, how do you want to use this film? Because they will tell you everything that you need to know. You just have to you know, go out there and ask them. Brilliant. Well, uh, what I have seen happen is a lot of people are, have just overlooked their educational non-theatrical exactly. rights. When they, exactly. get, they get so excited when someone comes along and, and likes their film and, and they give them all rights and then they wait mm-hmm. for something to happen and seldom yeah. does it because they're yeah. not going to put the time and work into it, what it takes to get this educational mm-hmm. on demand. So tell us how important, talk to us about the educational and the non-theatrical rights as a part of the film's overall release, how important this is to get the rights yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very important to get those rights. Um, you know, and, and really that's something that, you know, filmmakers often forget how to do, uh, you know, they, I think they often will, you know, simply choose to, uh, you know, um, do an all right deal where often if you simply asked a, uh, you know, ask the distributor, listen, I want to retain my educational and non-theatrical rights. They're going to say, sure, go ahead. We're not going to really exploit those rights anyways. Um, But at the very least, that's a conversation that you as a filmmaker can have, right? You can, you can say, look, I, I, I believe educational and non-theatrical is going to be a very big part of my release. So either I want to retain those rights or I would like to know how you're going to really utilize those rights. And some distributors will have a plan. Um, you know, it's not that no distributors are thinking about that, but a lot of the time that's not going to be important to them. And so, you know, it's important then for you to retain those rights. And like I said, oftentimes distributors will be okay with, um, with you know, you, you keeping those and, and, and doing your own thing. Absolutely. Well, tell us what is the ideal makeup of a team that is poised to succeed in the educational non-theatrical space? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, um, 
you know, oftentimes we have films who come to us and say, you're going to do everything right. And, you know, <laughs> to us, the tug. And, you know, while we would love to do that, that's not really something we're able to do. Um, you know, we're going to be handling a lot for, for you as the film. We're going to be handling outreach and, and communication with um, educational buyers and, you know, and handling all of the inbound sales for you, meaning, you know, working with any customers who are interested in buying. So doing the customer service, the fulfillment, the shipping, uh, the, the payment processing, you know, all of that back and forth. That's what Tug is going to be handling, as well as a lot of outreach for, for films in our library. But what, what we have seen, I would say 100% of the time for our top films, is that there is somebody on their film team who is also very actively in a day-to-day, you know, pretty much full-time way involved in building the relationships with the key organizations and individuals that are going to be interested in hosting this film. Um, you know, meaning that it, it really is never a hands-off approach from the film team. That's very rare. Much more is that there's somebody on the film team that is doing this work and ideally has been doing this work much before, you know, they even come to Tug. You know, it, we, our, we get so excited when a film comes to us and says, you know, look, I, the, I've been spending the past two years building these really strong partnerships with, you know, national organizations that are excited about promoting the ability to host screenings of my film. Um, you know, and that's, that's really the work that I think, you know, that filmmakers should be doing even before they start making the movie. You know, I, I, I think that making the movie is just one part of a release strategy. And I, I think thinking about, um, you know, everything around the release and how, how you're going to be, you know, how you're going to, uh, you know, w- find and, and connect with uh, partners as early as possible is, is key. And then on top of that, most of our, our top films have a dedicated resource on that they have brought on either as a PMD or uh, an outreach coordinator or, or really just somebody. It, the, the title is less important than the role, and the role is somebody who is, you know, doing that sort of on-the-ground, you know, uh, sort of calling and emailing of, of every organization and person that might be interested in hosting a screening that really is not in the educational space, right? Because Tug is going to be handling the educational side, um, but, but, you know, it's a lot harder for us to handle the nonprofits and, you know, the, the sort of people that are um, one-offs for every new film, you know, that's a little bit more difficult for us, and that's going to be much easier for somebody who's devoted to uh, that film specifically. Okay. Um, let's help me here. I want you to walk me through this. For example, I have a friend who has a wonderful social justice film about a man who was wrongfully convicted, went to prison, and because mm-hmm. of a wonderful legal team, they took his case and got him released. And he's out for seven years and leading exemplary life. So, but it, but the whole thing about that, it, it's changing um, laws and it has the opportunity to bring a lot of information to the legal system around the country. So, all right, so he's almost finished with his film and I've been telling him that I think he really should look into Tug. So, mm-hmm. so give me an idea of what you would suggest that he do to list find a list of places to contact. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I think it would be about thinking, well, well, what kinds of groups and organizations are there out there that, that would like to host an event uh, about this topic? You know, again, it's what to what um, what question does this film answer for people for for groups and what what discussions will this film spark for groups and, and individuals and you know for me just off the top of my head you know it, I, I think there's a lot of law groups uh, in in you know student groups across the country there's law schools there's uh, civil rights groups there's you know kind of ACLU's there's um, there's all sorts of folks. I mean, I, I think just getting on the Internet and starting to Google, you know, uh, the, the kind of key terms around the film and then find out who they are, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, who the, you know, who's already meeting about this. You know, start looking, you know, Facebook is such an incredible tool for this, you know, seeing, well, wh- who, you know, where are these Facebook groups and, and what, who, who's having meetups already and actually looking on meetups.com, you know. Um, and seeing, well, who's, who's getting together around this already, right? Who can I, can I give this to as a, as a kind of e- easily give it to them on a platter and say, hey, this, this should be something you guys are really excited about bringing to your community. Um, you know, and then, and then on the more educational side, well, what, what faculty and what, what um, professors are, are doing classes about this? You know, who's already very invested? And then, you know, be, that's like, that's step one. Right. And then once you really start reaching out and connecting, my hunch is that, you know, when you reach out to people that really care about something and you say, hey, I made a film about that thing, they're going to be excited to talk to you. Um, and, and that is the key, right, is opening the, the, the door for conversation and then really listening to, to what you find out and, and asking questions of, well, you know, I, and being honest, right, of, look, I'm, I'm new to this world and, and I really would love your help in um, – you know, figuring out who to talk to. Can you recommend some folks that, that I should uh, connect with about, you know, spreading the word on this film? And, and I, I, I really believe that, that most folks will, will respond and say, yeah, look, I've, I've got this one friend who, you know, you could talk to at this national group or, or, you know, talk to this guy or that guy. And, you know, I think it's really about that's the, that's the sort of um, the tactical process. But above all that, I think it's a mentality of, you know, really, really kind of going deep into the world and, and being okay with getting no's and, you know, being okay with all of that as you develop, you know, strong, genuine partnerships, right? That's the, I think that's the last thing is, you know, that, that this all needs to be genuine. You know, people know when you're just trying to use them, you know, it's, it's very obvious. So I think it has to be much more, and this is just better, you know, as a, as a person, for to to you know reach out with with the genuine ask of you know how can how can we be of help right how can i how can what i'm doing help what you're doing um and and working to collaborate in that way as opposed to calling and saying hey i need you to help me get this film out there you know that's going to really turn people off as it rightfully should but if you say hey look i i'm making this movie and i want to help folks like you achieve the goals that you're looking to achieve well then you know now you've now you've really kind of opened up you know, what it is that they are, are really going to be needing and, and wanting, and, and maybe there's going to be a way to, to work together. Wonderful. 
Thank you. That is just brilliant. Now, tell us how our filmmakers can uh, reach Tug. What's the uh, best way if they're uh, working on a project and what uh, what position are in? Uh, do you want them when they are in production, or wait till they get already to post, or when would you like to have them contact you at what place in the production, and uh, yeah. how do they contact you? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, so I think, um, you know, any time that you're in post-production is really a good time to start the conversation with us. Um, you know, if you want to start earlier, uh, that's fine too. Um, but, but I think we're really not going to, you know, we can chat with you a little bit, but it's once you start getting into post and really start thinking about your release timeline that we're going to be able to really be of most help. Um, in terms of how... If you go to tug.com, at the very bottom, um, you will see a, uh, a, a section called Explore. And under that, you'll see a link called Apply to Add Your Film. Uh, so simply click on that, and then there's a form that you can fill out that we've really worked really hard on creating this form to guide your thinking about your release. So, you know, it, it's not just to get the sort of vitals of your film, though we get those too. It's more to, to ask questions that we will need and that you will need as a filmmaker to really best understand um, what your release is going to look like in terms of tug. So uh, that, that's the way to really get in touch with us officially. If you have specific questions, I'm always, you know, happy to chat. I, I can give you my email. It's alexd, as in dog, at tug, T-U-G-G-I-N-C, tuginc.com. You know, feel free to reach out to me, and I, either I can ask, answer your question or route you in the right direction. Um, but the, the, the more official way to submit your film is going to be that form. So after I answer your question, I'll, I'll probably route you to that form as well so we can get you into the system the right way. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Here. Well, I can hear you. Oh, I want you to tell me what happens after you uh, get the form back. Then do you contact, you get back in touch with the person, and what goes on from there? Yeah, so from there uh, you would be contacted by one of the people on our team, and, and then we would really start a conversation around your release and, you know, hop on a call uh, and, and walk you through um, – you know, our, uh, our, our platform and, and answer your questions. And then once we've kind of, everybody's excited, then we would uh, send you the paperwork and, and really kind of start to go through the nitty gritty of, of getting your film up on the Tug platform. Oh, that all sounds very easy. This is excellent. Yeah. Okay, so let, let me have the uh, website again and your email again, please, Alex. Sure. So it's, Tug.com, T-U-G-G dot com. And then uh, it's my email is Alex, A-L-E-X-D, as in dog, at Tug Inc, T-U-G-G-I-N-C dot com. Again, Alex D at Tug Inc dot com. Okay. Thank you, Alex. What a great body of information you've given us. I think filmmakers will be so pleased to hear all of these exciting new adventures going on with Tug and the Educational Division. And for those who don't know what you do for features, they're up to par now. They'll be able to contact you. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I thank you for, for having me on. And, 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 you know, I I think as you can tell, this stuff is really exciting to us. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I, I think, um, you know, I, I would just urge all filmmakers to really uh, make this an important part of, of your release and really consider it as such because I think there's a lot of potential revenue for you and, and more importantly, uh, a way for you to connect with, with your audience. Uh, and that's really what we're, we're looking to do here at Tug, So. Well, and that's why the filmmaker made the film in the first place, you know, and they've got to pay close attention to the power that they give away when they first start looking for distribution and knowing all of their windows of of release. And thank you for going over that carefully with us, Alex. Mm -hmm. So I hope you'll uh, join us again maybe in the spring and we can get more updated on everything with Tug. Oh, that sounds great. I would love that. Okay. Thank you, Claire. Oh, you're welcome. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much, Alex. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Be well, everyone. Now, in its second edition, Carol Dean's popular book, The Art of Film Funding, has 12 new chapters to cover all areas of film financing and how to avoid expensive pitfalls. Learn how to start with an idea and end with a trailer. How to make an ask for money. Create your story structure and your trailer. Legal advice, fair use, successful crowdfunding, how to ask for music rights, and what insurance you can't shoot without. Available on Amazon under Carol Dean and at FromTheHeartProductions.com. I want to remind our listeners that David Raiklin is a brilliant and talented award-winning musician who scores films and can compose music for a trio or for a full orchestra. David is a very good friend to the independent filmmaker and comes highly recommended by From the Heart Productions. If you need music to help tell your story, please contact him at davidraiklin.com. That's David, R-A-I-K-L-E-N dot com. And Carol and I want to thank you for tuning in to The Art of Film Funding. Please visit our website at fromtheheartproductions.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Good luck with your films, everyone. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. 
Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. 